Mark here from Mark 2.0. Brian's my co-host, and we welcome Ivan Doroshuk of Men Without Hats. You remember the safety dance? Uh, he had a they had a ton of great songs, and we really appreciate you coming on, Ivan. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Let me tell you what, Ivan. Ivan, we have been listening to 80s music, you know, for a while. And since we started talking to you, we have heard your song every single day. Every <laughs> single day. You really tune have. into an 80s station and we have just been uh, just poking at each other. Listen, listen, listen. It's on again. It's on again. It's on again. <laughs> so let me just say what a great song it is. And uh, congratulations on the success of that song. And I really appreciate you being here today. Thank you. Thank you. And we want to talk about all of your music, of course. But I want to start with the safety dance. Uh, what was the idea for the music video for that? It was like a renaissance. It was unreal. And another thing about that video is, I don't know if you're aware of this, on YouTube, there's a lot of other channels, not yours, that have it posted. Is that a copyright issue? And they're getting like... 50 million views yeah i don't know who's in charge of that it's uh, okay. <laughs> it's pretty crazy but uh yeah the idea for the video was uh kind of a joint uh, joint idea between myself and tim pope the guy who produced it and uh, this was back in the days uh, way before internet and we actually wrote each other he was in london i was in montreal and we wrote each other letters about what we thought the video should be about and our letters crossed the pond at the same time we both got each other's letter at the same time and it was the same story we both had come up with this kind of peter pan renaissance fair kind of idea because i think everybody was expecting you know spiked hair and a zipper zippered outfit and pointy shoes and mr new wave you know and uh that's one of the things i think that made the made it made it even more enduring it's it's a timeless video. It's a, it's a lot of videos you can sort of, from the eighties. You can, you can tell they're from the eighties by the way people are dressed, by the, you know just what's going on. But this one's like, it's like watching a western. You don't know, you don't know when it's from. It's 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 timeless. So it's it kind of fit in. It was really good. It, you know, it reminds me of high school because that's when it happened for me. You know, I graduated in nineteen eighty six. So. <clears throat> I saw a lot of, you know, this this weird fashionable stuff that was really great. And I got into it and everybody got into it. And it was like all, all rules, all bets were off. You know, things were just coming out of the closet, new and old. And people were just doing a lot of cool stuff with fashion back then. I was more like one of those, you know, heavy rocker guys. But, you know, a lot, there were so many, you know, different, there was a kind of the long hair rocker guys. And then there were kind of the mods. And then there were the, the people that were just dressed a little nicer, you know, overall. Mm -hmm. So uh, it just, it just really reminds me um, of that time. And it's really fun to, uh, but again, I, I, I must have listened to that song a countless number of times over the years. And, uh, and um, I, I really enjoy your other music too, which we will get to, but why did you choose the name, may I ask, uh, Men Without Hats? Well, legend goes that uh, we're from Montreal, very cold climate, and uh, mm. real men don't wear toques in the winter. I like that. <laughs> I like that. That's where we're from. That is awesome. <clears throat> so uh, uh, when did the band first form? Late 70s. You know, it was uh, those, you know, exciting times. Like you said, it was like 
a lot was happening in fashion, a lot was happening in music, video, there was a lot, a lot of new technology was coming out, video was happening, music, you know, in music, a lot of technology was changing too. There was a lot of processes in music that were changing. So it was, like I say, it was exciting times and uh, it was, uh, it was fun to be creative. It was, it was a good time to be creative. It was, uh, it, it was new. Even David Bowie and the legendary guys, you know, they were getting really creative and it was really, it was like, all I remember is huge arcades and you know, videos from your videos to David Bowie, to like Van Halen and everybody right. trying all these new things it was very, very fun. And that's what made your video cool. It was so modern and new. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had a great time doing it too. It was all, it was all shot. It was, most of it was shot in the pouring rain, which a lot of people don't know. And, mm -hmm. and uh, I also flew there and back on Concord, which made it, uh, made it pretty. Concord. Wow. Yeah. So. Wow. Wow. I'd like to hear a little about that. Tell me a little bit about the other band members, though. Well, at, the, at our heyday, the band was uh, myself and my two brothers. So it was three brothers mm -hmm. and uh, Alan McCarthy, who was the other keyboard player. So uh, Alan McCarthy passed away in 1995, I think, due to mm -hmm. complications due to AIDS. Mm -hmm. But uh, that was kind of our, our Mark II version of, of the band. That was our sort of most... Uh, most successful ver successful version so it was like like i say three three brothers and a gay guy hmm. no it worked uh so you had a couple of videos out though before the safety dance no uh we had a couple but they didn't go very far we, the safety dance was pretty much the first big video that we did we did a hmm. we did a video for a song called i got the message before that but uh yeah, looking back at it now it's 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 actually out on youtube now but it's uh kind of uh, glaring in its politically incorrectness. Mm -hmm. uh, me walking around with two two women on their hands and knees as dogs on leashes. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah, I've seen it. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm lucky that one of the women was was the wife of, of uh, the boss of the record company, the guy who owned the record company. Wow. And when she saw the video, she said, no, uh, that's not gotten out. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So the video, the video was kept in the box. The boss's wife. Oh, oh my goodness, that is a good story. I yeah. appreciate that one, Ivan. Well, that one sat yeah. in the vault for until last year. I think last year it was released, uh, this or even this year, maybe for the first time. Oh wow! Okay, fascinating. Yeah. Oh my goodness, for forty years. Oh yeah. What about the two songs that I I want to hear about because they're really catchy and I really enjoy them? Is uh, Antarctica and living in China. Living in China was taken off the U.S., right? It wasn't released in the U.S., was it? No, no. The record company, the U.S. record company, thought that it was too um, controversial. It was too politically controversial for the American uh, public. Mm -hmm. And what year was this? This was 83. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it's, it, you know, it's been, censorship has been going on for a while. It's not a new thing. It's, um, it's uh, it's been around, but like I said, yeah, that's it. So so living in China was 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 taken off the record and was replaced with Antarctica, which wasn't on our, our original. We had, that was taken from mm, okay. our first EP that we had done. We did an EP called Folk of the Eighties with four songs, which Antarctica was one of them. I'm not entirely familiar with those. <clears throat> Excuse me. What is Antarctica about? I mean, besides Antarctica, I mean, what what prompted, what inspired that song? 
oh, it's kind of like the cold wave of of the new wave. It was kind of the mm-hmm. ice ages here, right in your town. And uh, at the beginning of the new wave movement, that was kind of there was there was a kind of a I hate to say a trench coat mafia kind of style going on in, in in the new wave, but there was kind of that sort of spy thing look going on. So yeah. The Antarctica kind of was was all about that too, about science fiction, about oh, nice. about about you know dystopias of kind of dystopias that uh, some people think we're living through right now. So, so. Mm, indeed, yeah. indeed, those did seem to come true in some ways. Um, <clears throat> what about living in China? Can you be more specific about what it was about, or at least, or I mean, you don't have to tell me, you know, anything too controversial. Well, it was the same thing. I mean, it, the funny thing about about uh, the songs I wrote back then is that like, even with Pop Goes the World and, and all these songs, I mean, the same stuff is going on today. I mean, this was about China, you know, trying to trying to embrace, you know, coming out of, I don't know, X amount of years of communism, of like hard communism and and trying to embrace some forms of capitalism back, back then, you know, it was, it was early eighties, they were sort of, Nixon had opened up you know, had had Nixon and Coca Cola had opened up China to the west a bit, mm-hmm. so they were struggling with that, and that's what they're, you know they're still going they're still going through their struggles. I mean, I watching TV last night; they're still they're still at it. Gosh, so, uh, there is so much coming out of there. I can't take my eyes off of it's 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 sad and and, Pop, and Pop goes the world was the same thing. Pop goes the world was wrote that song in the eighties, and it was the basic concept was that if we don't start treating mother earth a little better she's going to blow up mm. and uh we had songs like you know hey men which was songs which was songs about you know about women's rights i mean and these are you know these are like 40 years ago and so these problems are still still going on today and um that's why i think maybe one of the reasons why a song like safety dance is still still around too and still popular is because people they still respond they still need to be heard told that they can dance if they want to and mm. uh today maybe putting a, a bit of the onus on the if you want to part because uh you know coercion is not a good thing either oh yeah I, it yeah, is I exactly well thought saying. out as a fully positive all the way to beginning to end sort of piece of art mm. I, I like I, I do like that about the song and I it, it didn't really I didn't really even notice that particular thing about it until you're just you know sitting here talking to me and uh i can see how important that is to you uh, uh so where were you born were you born there in montreal then no i was born in uh urbana illinois oh university of illinois yeah on the campus of you know yeah champagne illinois mm-hmm. campus so my, my dad was getting his phd he got his master's and his phd at the university of illinois and so, uh, and as soon as we were, my brothers and I were, we were all born there. And when he finished his PhD, he got a job at the University of Montreal, which is why we moved to Montreal. Mm. Wow. Yeah. What was your mom like? My mom was a music teacher. She was a the voice <laughs> professor at the university. There we go. Yeah. Mm. So uh, we had, uh, my dad and my dad was a phys ed teacher. So we had sports wow. and music there pretty you much uh, <laughs> consistently. <laughs> throughout my uh, my childhood and what happened when you said folks i'm going into this thing full time how old were you when you said i'm going to go into this music thing off full throttle 
uh, in my early 20s. And uh, I was very lucky because my parents were behind me 100%. You know, they were both. My dad was an amateur musician when he was when he was younger. And his father was an amateur musician also. And so they, music was kind of in the blood. It was kind of the family, the family trade, you know, almost. And, and uh, so they were, but they were behind me 100%. They, uh, they didn't, uh, I actually told them once, I, we, we played at one, uh, like, when punk rock started happening in the late 70s, the punk bands and the new wave bands used to play on the same stages because that's, mm. there weren't too many places they could play. So we kind of teamed up. It was like going to the record store and having their one bin in the back corner with punk new wave all together in the same bin. And so the stages were like that too. So we'd go to play at these, and some of these clubs, you know, like kids would be getting carried away. It was kind of like, it was brand new and everybody was excited. And so slam dancing was new and the mosh pit was just being discovered. And, and so I told my parents, I said, you better not come to this show because these guys are, these guys are nuts. Like, mm -hmm. they, people don't act the same way. It shows now that they used to, you know, slam dancing. I have not heard that term. No. Yeah. And quite a few. Mm -hmm. so, so I told my parents, they better not show up because things might get rowdy. Things might get out of hand. And so they said, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so I, I just remember being on stage and going through our set and about halfway through the set, I looked at the back of the room at the fire exit and my see two little heads sticking through, out, uh, you know, sticking in through the door and it's my parents who had snuck in and they did, but they didn't want to come in. They didn't want us to see that they were there. So they were just poking their heads out the back, oh. at the back of the room, you know, and that was like our first shows, you know, so they were, they've been there right since the beginning and, and uh, my dad's still around. He's still he's he's still supportive too. So it's great. Oh, that's excellent. Common right, now, theme here with successful people. We had great parents oh, yeah. driving them. Yeah, really. It's, it's it definitely definitely is uh, part of the equation. Yeah. Sorry, Mike. No, I was going to say, have you lived in Canada your whole life? Yeah, mo most of it. I've I've uh, lived in New York for part of the eighties, and just like like everybody else. Yeah, good point. And uh, studied in Europe for a while. Wow. Lived in, we lived in, you know, I'm making records all over the place too. So, so it's been, but spent most of my time in Montreal. And uh, now I'm on the West Coast. I'm on Vancouver Island now. So I've been here for about 20 years. Oh, excellent. Yeah, it's a great place. <laughs> what was going on uh, in, your, in your life and in your minds when you, you said we made it? I mean, maybe you hit a really huge show or booked something really big or just sold so many albums at once suddenly that what was going on when you said we just we just got really famous? Well, the, the, the funny thing, when, one of the first moments that I realized that was we were on tour somewhere in upper state New York, I forget. And we uh, parked the tour bus outside of a grocery store to go get some supplies. And I went in and did some shopping. And when I got to the cashier, I went to pay. And the cashier pointed at me and started screaming, it's him, it's him, it's him, <laughs> screaming at the top of her lungs. And the first thing I could think of was, she's mistaken me for somebody who just robbed the store or something like that, you know? Oh, that's oh, great. That was my, that's, that's great. all I could think of. That's You're like, oh no, I'm in trouble. <laughs> mistaken identity, like, you know, like what's going, I don't know what's going on. Oh. I kind of froze, I didn't know what, I didn't know what was happening. That's great. And, and she kept screaming and crying. She started crying. It's him. It's him. And, and some other co-worker came over to her and said, who is it? What are we talking about? And she said, it's the guy from the video. 
And all of a sudden, it just clicked in my head, and I just dropped everything and ran back into the bus. And my life's never been the same. <laughs> wow. Wow. Now you can't go anywhere. Yeah. One of the reasons oh. I moved to Vancouver Island was because it's I, I'm I can operate. Ah, uh, uh, that's a good point. Out here. <laughs> so, so at what? Uh, how long until the the album Sideways came? Well, Sideways was um, a funny story, also too, because we uh, had signed a record deal with uh, what was called it was Universal. It was called Polygram Records at the time, and. Uh, we signed a, a like a three record deal with them, and we made two. When, after we had made two of the records, the guy who signed us left the company and went to form his own company. And, mm. and so nobody really wanted to. When that happens in a big company, you're kind of a hot potato. Nobody really wants to deal with you, and so they didn't really want to uh, make another record with us. But they owed us one, and uh, so I told them I'd been. I'd been. It was the early nineties. I'd been listening to a bunch of new music, hanging out with a bunch of, you know, I was hanging out with a drummer from Voivod. I don't know if you guys know a band called Voivod. It's uh, mm. Canada's premier thrash bands. Wow. He was the drummer for, he ended up being the drummer on Sideways. We were just hanging out after the bars would close, we'd go and jam and started writing songs. And so I told the record company, I said, hey, here's the deal give me half of what the budget says you owe me on the contract and let me do the, the record I want. Okay. And so record companies being, you know, anytime they can save money, they'll say yes. Mm -hmm. uh, they said yes. And so they said, just go make the record you want. Nice. And uh, when we had guys from the Kentucky headhunters playing on it and drummer from mountain, just, we kind of just did whatever we wanted to, but there was no keyboards on the record. And so the mm -hmm. record company just didn't really understand it. And so, so, so Men Without Hats records with no keyboards for them wasn't a Men Without Hats records. So mm -hmm. That was the end of our sort of relationship with big labels. And we've been, we've been putting out records on our own ever since then. I think a lot of people are in the same kind of situation too. And it's sort of, it works for us. It works a lot better for us. You kind of, um, you're at the mercy of, big companies when you uh when you're signed to a big company uh, too bad i like that sound time. that heavier sound really that's really what i like you know <laughs> and I, I i like that um uh what's the video uh that we were watching mark sideways early no the video though oh no that was a different one yeah oh okay what about uh your musical influences what were your musical influences growing up and throughout your career too? Well, I, I grew up, uh, I was, I guess, impacted pretty much by the Beatles. You know, like if you were, I was a, you know, I was a teenager in the 70s. So before that, it was all Beatles all the time. Kind of everybody suffered the same fate back in the 60s. And um but in the 70s, music started to branch out a bit and people started listening to different things. And um, I, my first, like my first big rock show was Led Zeppelin for the Led Zeppelin 3 tour with uh, opening up with an immigrant song, you know? Uh, I can only imagine how that felt. 
No, no. So I, I got see- to see the Honey Drippers. <laughs> so I got to see <laughs> some of the late Robert Plant work, which was cool, you know. But uh, I even saw I'll, like I'll, the I'll, Sergeant. I'll up, you, I'll up you with the original Leonard Skinner opening up for the original Who. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah. That, was probably, that was probably one of my favorite shows, one of my favorite concerts. Wow. Wow. That would have been so great to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so you still tour around? You still playing out? And, oh yeah, uh, oh yeah. We've taken like everybody else. We took a, we took some time off for, for the last couple of years, but getting back into it now. We did uh, we did we did a couple of shows last year. We took we took we took time off to write uh, you know a new album. We put out a couple of new albums recently. Albums called uh, again parts one and two. Parts part one is a is five cover songs and then part two is 12 new songs and so uh but we're going out we're starting up again in january we got uh, shows booked up here in canada we're starting up in canada and then back down to the states we're putting together another retro future tour for the summer oh great and we've yeah. been doing those for uh, we've been doing those for like we've been on the road for i guess i put the band together about uh, about 12 years ago i guess now 10 12 years ago Part two is a great album, by the way. I really enjoyed it. You know, it's talking about some relevant stuff too in the world. Yeah. You know? There you go again. There's some of those songs were written 40 years ago. Like there's a song on there called Heaven. And um, it's, you know, it's, it's the lyrics could have been written yesterday. You know, that's the type of thing. It's a, that's what I've been saying before too. Like a lot of the problems we had back 40 years ago are the same problems kids are having now. So it's... Uh, yeah, it's not surprising that they're listening. People are listening to a lot of '80s music. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah, I was just yeah. seeing people had like Motley Crue and Def Leppard shirts on. Just yeah, I was like, I'm seeing that a lot. Like you all said, the time. yeah, the yeah, all the time. It is. Oh, yeah. I love it. It's my high school days. You know, music. I think I. It, I mean, it's <laughs> it's safe to say that the music was a bit more tuneful back then. We've been subjected to a lot of beat-driven music for the last couple of decades, but and, it's uh, we- and, and and which is weird because the big labels have seemed to have lost their grip that they used to have the shackles almost they used to have over the artist. In fact, I mean these new albums that you do, do you still let these big companies do the work, or are these mostly produced by yourselves? No, we produce them ourselves. We we. We've, we've been producing them for ourselves. For tell, could you tell our viewers why? Why? Why would you want to do all the work and spend all the money? Why? Well, the returns are better. I mean, you know, the it's like especially in this day and age where the where the the marketing is a lot easier to do now. It's a lot easier to 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 understand. Back in back in the eighties, there was record stores, yeah. and that was it. You know, and now the 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 mm-hmm. you know the ways of getting your music out there are just like there's a new one every day. You know, it's like it's it's so it's it's mm-hmm. it's you know you have to play catch up a bit, but it's 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 good. I mean, the industry has come kind of come full circle as far as that's gone, as far as I'm concerned, because like when the Beatles started, the Beatles albums didn't even exist back then. Beatles put out singles, and when they had twelve singles out. It was usually December. They'd wrap them all up into an album, put out an album, and then start writing singles again and do the same thing the next year. So the first thing, like three, four, until Sgt. Pepper, the first, you know, those first Beatles records were just a collection of all the singles they'd put out during that year. 
And that's kind of, like I say, full circle. I think the industry has come back around to that where bands don't have to put out full albums all the time. They can put out a single, they can put out a couple of remixes, they've got an EP, you know, they, they can test the waters, they can put out the song. If it doesn't work, they can go back and redo it. I mean, they, they can do whatever they want now. They're much more in control of their own destiny. And uh, that's, that's you know, back back in the days, you know, it was, it was the, that guy with the big cigar who controlled the, the 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 music industry and now it's it's more the musician who controls it now i think so yeah it seems much better that's for sure yeah you can you can sort of you know there's there's so many you know different genres of music now too so it's it's you know it's it just works it works it works for a lot more people now with with again part two, is there what what is your main goal to get it out to your uh, fans or to get you know on the charts? What is your goals with it? Everything, you know, like we're sort of uh, it's the the it, the goal is always the same. The goal is is always to write to write the next hit single, and uh, but to reach our fans. The reason we made the record was was our fans were bugging us to make another record. We hadn't made a record since 2012. We put out a record called Love in the Age of War in 2012. And, uh, you know, two out of three emails I was getting was asking when the next one was coming. So we just, that's, that's, it was, it was a fan driven <laughs> album kind of, kind of nice. put out. And uh, so it was, it was, it was good. It was, um, Do you use that Beatles strategy, like single, 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 like iTunes, Spotify? Yeah. That's the way it's going now. So we what's what, where do you get the most return from? What's working well? Well, it's it's still a bit too young, too early in the game. I mean, the record just we the record's been out for like the part two's been out since March, so oh. so we're still like collecting the the data. But um, it's you know it's it's there are a lot more there are a lot different charts now. There are charts that cater to what they call vintage. You know, vintage rock, which is the '80s, basically. Mm, they, they, yeah. Call it, I don't know. They don't just call it '80s, but they call it vintage. They have all kinds of names for it. But there are there are different charts out there, and so we've been uh, we've been working those charts. We've, there are so many more ways of of getting, like I say, getting your music across. The placements are a big thing now. Getting your songs placed in background in in TV shows. You know, sure. Oh yeah. That's where bands. A lot of bands make a lot of money. A lot of their a lot of their money is made from that so you don't you don't really notice it but it's there you know so it's uh, and, it well, you, and even the safety your songs have yeah your it. songs have been in a lot of movies and uh tv shows i looked on imdb i've seen some of the movies yeah. that they were in yeah no they've been they've been uh, that's one of the things we've been blessed we were blessed uh it just came out here in canada it's in a mcdonald's commercial now too so it's like oh is it which one uh is it uh safety cool. dance or yeah safety okay yeah so every time you hear that though some some kind of royalty is paid right oh yeah, yeah. well even pop goes the world was in some some movies too but the safety dance was in the remake of valley girl oh yeah yeah the oh, 2020 it was like a musical version of valley not not like the original that's for sure but one one show well the fact that it's been a lot in popular culture too that's that's kind of help the crossover for us like it you know like the simpsons it's on a couple of simpsons oh, yeah. episodes it's on a it's on a family guy it's on a you know it's on a bunch of futurama the, um south park it's on a couple of south park episodes 
I actually remembered the Simpsons reference when I when yeah. I, I I knew we were going to talk to you. I'm like, yeah. why do I remember the Simpsons more than anything else in real life? <laughs> I think one one of the shows that really connected us big time with a new audience was Glee. Oh yeah, Glee. okay. That one. And that's exactly what the Valley Girl, what the remake of Valley Girl was. It was just like Glee. It was a musical. Yeah, not that really sort of opened up like we. When that when when Glee used it for the they used it for for a show and they also used it for their live performances they did a tour and played it live um, that really got us a lot more likes. Now, when That's they use cool. it, do they use the extended version or the original? See, my my problem I was big into karaoke, right? So I'd go down the Village in Pizza, you know, because I, I wanted to be an actor. So that they you could record yourself. They'd have you on VHS. And I would always have to find the one with the extended. No offense to, to your the version that was on the video, but I wanted the S S S S. You know, so it you'd have to <laughs> memorize that. What this is back when you had the karaoke books. So you'd have to memorize was it M H one two. You know, and make sure that you got the right one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, uh, I think they do a. There's a version out there that's kind of a, a hybrid of both too. I think mm, the, the Glee great. kind of. Yeah. Kind of squished both of them together so. have you ever thought of doing anything else getting into like like i don't know if you had like endless money would you get into like movies or tv or any other kind of entertainment or art? i went i went to film school like that's that's where I, i'm from I, I went to when did you go when did you go to film school back in the back in the 70s really what was that like what was it like back then school uh film school was fine film school was the they taught you about uh, day one. They taught you about uh, the media being a pyramid structure where the people at the top are very connected to power. And so, <laughs> Very interesting and relevant today. So why did you veer away from that? Well, I, that's, it was like sitting on the, on, on the, in the, in, you know, university on the benches there. That's where I met, it was the late seventies and that's where I met all the, all the guys that would eventually uh, become Men Without Hats, they were all, nice. the original band was was formed out of four art school students, four, four university film school students that I, that, you know, three, three of whom I met while I was there. Yeah. Man, I wonder you sound so smart. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Mark, I think I skipped one of yours. No, go right ahead. Yeah. So, so, um, are you basically right now just doing this for fun? I mean, sounds like you could retire, you know, at any time. I mean, you're just going to keep going with this is. Yeah, I, I loved, I love touring. I love, I love, I love being on stage. So it's been, like I said, I'm blessed. I, I love <laughs> going out there and performing. Um, and it's the, it's the smiles on people's faces that the fuel so as long as so you're one of those it seems to be one or the other either they really people really enjoy the process of the songwriting or they really get off in the crowd themselves and i think you're one of those guys yeah i just love, i love being on stage i love i love i love performing and it's uh it's it's great now because i can perform to when we play that perform to my original fans but also to their to their children a lot of times and, yeah. and even sometimes their grandchildren so it's it's uh it's a, been a cross-generational blessing for me 
how how much of this um uh new music that you do is available like online or streaming or anywhere like that oh, is yeah. that oh i think all it's all there i think it's uh, mm. so you don't hold back on anything you just want to we share share management we went through a management change just a bit a while ago so mm -hmm. there might have been a bit of a, a glitch but i think it's all, all our stuff's pretty much in. yeah i think yeah. i've listened to it on amazon music or yeah and safetydance.com our, our website will sort of direct you everywhere too it's oh yeah and we'll put that in the show description too and one thing that you touched okay on, so go ahead uh, i was at safetydance.com what can you find there sorry it's everything, Mark. everything you, that's kind of like the hub there's there's uh our you know the tour schedules are there there's merch there oh okay all right so everybody safetydance.com okay sorry mark to cut you off go ahead no that's fine we got vinyl on on sale next week coming. So yeah, that's our nice, so that's nice. All right, everybody, yeah, share that around. Yeah. Cool, excellent. Now, one thing that I wanted to touch upon that you'd mentioned before is your music and uh, '80s music in general is so timeless. Like I went out to see uh, Midjury and Howard Jones, and it was just packed, and you can hear the fans are just really engaged and loving it. Oh yeah, I, we've toured with Howard quite a few times. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, it's we're playing to that demographic now where people are of the age where they they're either just, you know, they're either retiring or just about to retire, but the kids are away. The kids are out of the house. Oh, yeah. And so these people have some they have they have time on their hands. They have some extra money and they have memories that they want to that they want to reprocess. Yeah. And so we've been, that's these retro future tours we've been doing. They've been great. They've been the people have been just awesome. It's the, everywhere we go. We with Howard. We've been out with Heaven Seventeen. We've been out with Oh yeah, Lock of Seagulls. Like all these bands are out now, and everybody everybody's doing it. I mean, I don't think anybody's doing it to to pay the rent. Everybody is doing it because they love it, and and, and it's it's a blast you know as much i would as love to go see flock of seagulls and men without hats on a, yeah, on a I know. One day. oh that would oh, be yeah. sick that would be so much fun how big are these venues usually do they, how small do they get how big do they get lately um we're playing we're playing mid-size like like arenas and and convention centers and stuff like that you know mm. so it's it's, it's uh, i don't know the exact numbers but they're you know the last tour we were on was like small arenas. We were playing small arenas. Those are the best. They really are. Yeah, no, and they're great. numerous, you know, so you can hop around and just have a ball. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's, it's, it's been fun. Like uh, as much as the music is, was harsh back then, it was, you know, it was very competitive. When you're a young band out there, it's like being on a sports team. It's like being on a hockey team where, you know, there's only so many there's only one one number one. There's only mm -hmm. so many spots in the top ten, and so you're a bunch of groups trying to battling out for position, just like sports teams are. You know, traveling from city to city, trying to get on. You know, trying to trying to get the, the more more of the fans on your side, and so it's like now it's different. Nobody's competing. Nobody's nobody's battling for chart position nobody's trying to outsell anybody else's record nobody's everybody's kind of at the same place now if anybody's on these tours it's because the fans are still playing their listening to their music and willing mm -hmm. to come and see them so it's uh everybody's kind of in the same boat and it's great it's awesome 
Well, you've you've experienced so many levels of success. Tell me, what was it like in the other countries when you went down there? What 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 really? I don't know. What was your exciting experience in in other countries and with your other fans, like like in Asian countries? Um, We haven't been to Asia too much. The the places we one one thing we've done, we've gone to more places this time out than Mm. we did the original. That's one thing that's that I've done. Because I, I kind of think of like the United States and Canada as almost like one thing. Yeah. I do. I, I you know maybe Australia. You know, did you ever go there? The first time out. The first time out, we 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 toured almost exclusively in in can in, in the states. Basically, mm, we spent okay. three years just going around in circles, just like after Safety Dance came out, and and you know longer after that with the other records. But uh, this time, I mean, we played in South Africa. We went to Australia. We went to Peru. We've played in nice. in Scandinavia. All these places we never did the first time. So mm. that's one of the things that that uh, that's great. Is that that you know, I got we finally got to to reach all these people and we get to be struck off their their bucket lists in in faraway countries. So got to go to sure. Tasmania. I mean, Never thought uh, I'd be playing a show. Seriously, in I was going to say, how you, okay, how do you end up playing in Tasmania? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Driving around. I Even like Peru. I, I felt like I was in a James Bond movie. Oh, man. <laughs> I would be nervous. I would. I would be so far from home. I'm like, uh, I would never rest easy at all until I got home. Honestly, Australia, like, I, you know, I know the States and Canada really well, really comfortable here. But if, if there was one place I was going to, I would move to, it would be Australian. Mm. It was Why? that was that's the closest kind of thing that to to our kind of lifestyle that I I experienced. You know, like, and, and uh, the people there are super friendly. It's it's just all around a win win. You know, so and I never really you know it was the first place I got off and I, after a while I was like yeah hey, you know I'd move here man this is this is cool and that's wow. uh, that's Australia. Mm. Uh. Well, yeah. definitely would like to see that. Yeah, one day, one day. <laughs> so, um, is there anything um, you'd like to tell our viewers if they'd like to see what you're doing lately besides that website? Where should they go? Just, I mean, that there's shows coming up, like I say, next year. So there's a there's a tour schedule there. We're starting off in Canada first, so there's um, but there'll be uh, postings. There's also the Facebook page too. Keeps everybody sort of up to date. We're, we're sort of, Everywhere, everywhere except TikTok. Everywhere. Yeah, yeah. TikTok is confusing to me. I don't. Yeah, we're the same way. (laughs) Right on the everywhere with TikTok. That's exactly it. Describes us well too. Yes. Yeah. Well, it was great having you here today, Mark. You have any more questions? No, I hate Ivan. We really appreciate this. This was an honor. Well, nice talking to you guys. Yeah, such a pleasure, Ivan. Thanks so so much much for being here. And anytime you want to come back, you just let us know. Yeah. If you're promoting, you want anything promoted, we'd love to be a part of it. Sure. Keep in touch. Yeah. Right. Thanks.